right, so I've got to move some stuff up here. That's my bag of tricks. Yeah. Now, those of you listening to the podcast, I just brought up my big plastic bag of tricks. That's not all I've got. So then I've also got a big picture that I'm going to be putting up here. And I've also got a ladder, big step-up ladder, just in case. That's if we have a flood and I need to get up a little higher. Okay, so for those that are listening, I'm going to try to describe everything that I'm doing because it's going to have, I'll get over here where i got a little more room, um, because I'm going to be going ahead and using props this morning, and I wanted to make sure that, uh, it's called a steadfast walk in the Lord, and I'll define that word in just a minute, it's a big old word. There are some things physically that we must remain steadfast in, okay? One of them is air. I have to breathe. How long can I hold my breath? How long can I go without breathing? Yeah, if you fall over because you ran out of air, then I know that you'll be okay. But about seven minutes... If you don't have any air, you will not come back. That's all. If I were to, that's, that's why if you get into a place where there is no oxygen, about seven minutes, and your body quits functioning. Water. How long can I go without water? Now, some people can go longer, some can go shorter. How long can I go without water? One day? Three. Three days. And three days I'm going to get really, really thirsty, aren't I? Has anybody here ever been really, 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 really thirsty before? Oh, yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Out in the desert, you can just start. I don't like deserts. (laughs) Food. How long can I go without food? Can I go a week? Can I go two weeks? Three weeks? Jesus fasted for 40 days. That's a long time. I know people who have fasted that long before. That's a long time. Anybody in here ever fasted? Like a week? You get pretty hungry. Yeah. And then things start changing in your body and it starts doing things. You can actually go about 40 to 50 days. You're not going to die right away if you miss a meal. You'll feel like you are, but you won't. You can go quite a few days without eating. Without having any of these things, though, that is water, air, and food, without having these things, surely what will take place is eventually I will fall into destruction, my body will, and I might even die. Amen? Why am I bringing that up? Because there's some important things we must remember when we are told to remain steadfast. Now, that's remaining steadfast and keeping our bodies healthy. But we have to remain steadfast as a reborn Christian in Jesus' kingdom. And God made it to where there's some things that are very similar to what we're doing spiritually that we did physically. Okay? Breathing. 
We breathe in the breath of life, the very presence of the Holy Spirit, when we have come into the kingdom and been reborn as a, as a child of God. We drink of the living water of life, which is what Jesus said, drink of the living water of life. He was talking about himself. We eat of the food of the living word. That is literally our Bible. We eat of the living word because it makes a difference in who we are. We get into a bad place and we know a scripture. We can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I do not have to fear. He is with me. To not do these things, these things will will lead us if we do these things. That is breathing the Holy Spirit, drinking the living water, and also eating of the food of the living word. If we do these things... (laughs) It will lead us into an abundant life in Jesus. Amen. But if we don't do them, and we're a saved Christian, if we don't do them, it will bring us down a road to destruction of our spiritual life. Proper air and water and food describe abundant living. And to have such abundant living, whether physically or spiritually, we must be steadfast. Okay. I'm going to give a definition. You all ready? Steadfast. Steadfast is to be fixed, immovable, loyal, stable, firm. And and so a good question is, do we give evidence of being steadfast in our lives as Christians? Here you go. Second, or uh, Colossians 2.5. Colossians 2.5. For though I am absent from you in the body, this is the Apostle Paul writing, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how steadfast. Steadfast is in the King James. Firm is in the New, uh, New International Version. Stable is in the New American Standard. How steadfast, firm, and stable your faith in Christ is. That would be just like if I was looking around a congregation and I said, I'm just blessed at how, how stable your, your walk in the Lord is. That each day you're not all over the map, but you're hanging on to the Lord and you're walking down the path just like someone driving down a road. Not like the person I was following last night coming into Soldatna who was going like this, taking up about a lane and a half. And I backed up and everybody else backed up because obviously that person had probably some kind of issue going on. I'm not going to say they were drunk. They could have had some health issue going on. They could have had anything, but their car was all over the road, and I didn't want to be part of their accident. Amen? That was not stable. Stable is going down the road, and you're staying within the lane, and you're doing just fine. Stay firm. It's it's also, and I think this is interesting, and you'll find this interesting, the, the same steadfast word is also a description in a military sense of a solid front that has no weak place. In other words, you are who you are. My daughter asked me yesterday, she said, Dad, what are you like when you're not like you are? I said, Christy, I'm always like this. This is me. I, I am no different regardless. It doesn't matter what's going on. This is who I am. She says, I don't understand how you can be like that. 
I said, you got to hang on to the Lord Jesus. She says, grump, grump, grump. She was just having a bad day. But it, that's an interesting thing, is we should be like a solid front that the devil sees that we are steadfast in him. Amen? So that, again, we'll take a look at another scripture that echoes that, and that's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we're going to take a look at three spiritual things we need to participate in each day as saved Christians in Jesus, the breath of life, the living water, and food of the living word. Now, breath of life, breathing seems so natural to us, and we don't even have to hardly think about it. Who in here has to think about breathing? Sometimes you have to think about it because you might be in a bad place and you're being really careful about what you're breathing. But generally, who in here thought about just recently, unless you've got a, a tremendous asthma problem like my granddaughter had, uh, who in here thought about going, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Boy, I tell you, that would consume all my time. I'm glad God made me to where I just breathe. Amen? <clears throat> but sometimes, who in here has ever gone into a bad place and held their breath? Because the air wasn't very good. Okay? And so, let me tell you, so, breathing just happens. But when we're not breathing, it quickly brings death. I just brought that up. Breathing contaminated air over a period of time will slowly take our life away. Breathing asbestos. A lot of fellows and ladies that I worked with in industry breathed asbestos, and they ended up with lung problems and breathing problems. Uh, my uncle had, had all kinds of issues because and he ended up with pleurisy. He couldn't hardly breathe because he'd been around a lot of fumes when he was young, and, and it stole his, the capacity of his lung. And it will take away our... Uh, it's like an exhaust pipe. Who in here would go breathe the exhaust coming out of an exhaust pipe on a car? It would make you sick and kill you pretty quickly. It's got carbon monoxide in it, and it will take your life away just like that. And so it is the same thing when we come into salvation and a reborn life, that the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, will come to dwell within us and bring new life and new strength in every regard. Breath of life. You can write these verses down. Okay. Before we start, I'm going to show you some different things about breathing. Now, some of you have been wearing a mask. Who in here has, has worn a mask at one time or another? Okay. This mask is just about 90% useless for anything. Okay. It will not keep the dust out when I'm mowing the lawn. It will not keep paint fumes out if I'm painting. It won't keep poisonous gases out. If I'm going to get around asbestos, then I'm going to wear what they call an, uh, this was an N95 mask. They make ones that are better than this. And so this one would have a double strap on it to make a good seal so that I completely seal up myself and I don't get any asbestos in. But this one's useless in the ammonia plant that I used to work in and in the refinery I used to work in because there I have vapors and fumes. I have ammonia fumes or I have benzene fumes, which are both hazardous to my health, especially benzene, which causes cancer. I breathed lots of benzene when I was younger. And 
So benzene goes in, and it doesn't come out very easily. And so you don't wear a mask for those. You wear cartridges for ammonia. But if I'm around benzene, I don't even wear cartridges in a full-face mask. I would wear what's called a, uh, an HCBA or SCBA, and that is a self-contained breathing apparatus. If I was around poisonous gases, which some have worked in industry and know what that's like, and even then, I would have to be exceedingly careful because the smallest leak could come in and take me out. Why am I bringing all that up? Because God formed us out of the dust, Genesis 2-7, and breathed into, his, into the, the dust that he created into a man and breathed the breath of life into him. And he became a living being. And, and in Job 33-4, the Spirit of God uh, made Job has made me is what Job said, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. And in Isaiah forty-two five, we see that God has said, "Who created the heavens and stretched them out, and spread out the earth and its offspring, and He gives life of the breath of life to the people on it, and a spirit who walk in it." You know, when when one is steadfast in their journey, they and and they're a new creation in Christ Jesus. They are only supposed to walk in, live in, exist in, and listen to the Holy Spirit and Him alone. If I open a door for anything else, it's like being in poisonous gas in which there's something out there that's going to try to take me out. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Their lives, if they are not listening, their lives, if they listen to the Holy Spirit and Him alone, will become one of abundant living, living for very much like the air we breathe, which we cannot do without <clears throat> and cannot do without. So the reborn Christian cannot do without our Lord Holy Spirit, who guides us, cares for us, and keeps us from falling into destruction. And as we listen to Him and follow His direction from moment to moment, we can live out our lives as God's kingdom people. Do I need to wear some kind of protective mask when I'm, when I'm, or a, or a self-contained breathing apparatus when I am walking in the Lord uh, and breathing uh, the Holy Spirit? Yes and no. Yes, no, in the fact that I don't wear anything from the world, but yes, the Holy Spirit is in me and He protects me if I listen to Him. Amen. It's like God took me to task here recently, and I, I had to repent on Tuesday night. And I said, no longer is God allowing me to say I don't get sick. He said, I want you to change the words. And so I'll say this right here is, the Lord takes care of me if I listen to him. The Lord takes care of me if I listen to him. Amen. But if I'm prideful and arrogant, and I'm adding to this, the Lord draws his hands back and said, go your own way. And I pay the cost for my arrogance. Amen? So it's the same with anything else. We want to have the Holy Spirit in us, the hope of glory. He is our breath of life. How long do we have for falling into a problem if we don't have the Holy Spirit? Well, Air is only seven minutes. If we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, we literally are walking out the door into a dangerous place. Amen. Water. Oh, water. Amen. Pure, clean, fresh, cool, soothing water is good for the body. Amen. 
Oh, I've got some other good stuff here. Yeah, here we go. Arrowhead water. Um, it fills us. It strengthens us. These young men up here in the front said they like good water. It hydrates the cells, strengthens our immune system so that everything will work as it should. All the toxics that we have will just be flushed away uh, out of our body when we keep ourselves well hydrated. And so... I have two types of water here. One is good, clean, pure arrowhead spring water. The other one is contaminated arrowhead spring water. Which one would you like me to share with you? This one or this one that you don't know what's in there? Some kind of toxic, nasty stuff is in here that just will take you out in a New York second. That's a pretty quick second. This one. You know, that's something we want to look at because water for our bodies makes a difference, but the kind of water that we are drinking, the water of life, also makes a difference. Amen? And so, I'm not going to tell you what I contaminated that with, but it doesn't look very good. No, not apple juice. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good choice. <clears throat> When one drinks pure, clean, fresh water, it's the same as one who's come into a saved life in Christ Jesus that just begins and begins drinking the living water of life. Living water of life. John 4.10. If you want to follow along, I'm going to read some verses out of John 4.10 all the way down through 14. <coughs> so those of you listening on the podcast, we held up some different masks. We held up uh, the ones that people are using for COVID. We used a, an N95 mask and held that up. When we held up the water, we had nice, pure, beautiful, clear spring water. We also had ugly water. You don't want to drink this. I know what's in it. So, at uh, uh, we're going to throw that one away. Okay, water. Jesus answered the woman who had asked him a question and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, <coughs> you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Living water is like an artesian spring. An artesian spring is one that you don't need a pump for. The water just flows. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. When do, you, when, when do you get that living water? Where do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. And he was looking at the water that was in the well, which would be very similar to drinking this nice clean water that I had in this bottle. If I drink this water... Later, I'm going to have to drink more water because I can only drink just so much and it will pass through my body. And Jesus answered her and said that, that anyone who drinks the water from the well would thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give them will never thirst, but the water I will give them will become within them a well of water springing up to eternal life. Just like Jesus said in John 7, 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out to everyone who would listen, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. <clears throat> 
You know, there's a lot of people who spend a lot of money on water. Do you know that when you buy water, you pay more per gallon for water than you do for fuel for your vehicles, your boats, your airplanes, and all of that? And, and it's not just that. It's some people pay a lot of money for just spe- specific type of water. Uh, I, it's like I remember one person I was working with once says, well, I only, I only drink Saratoga Vichy water. I said, what in the world is that? And they says, well, it's, it's got sparkles in it, and I like the sparkles, and they, they taste good when I drink it. Okay, whatever turns you on, I'm going to have tap water. They, they said it's okay to drink. I wouldn't drink that. It's poison. I only drink certain water. How much does that cost? And their little bottle, bottle of water like this was like $5 a bottle. And I thought, holy smokes, you should, that should be gasoline or something. I mean, my goodness. Um, I happen to be blessed with a good well, so my water's good. But there's some wells out there that are really bad. So it is for one who desires to remain steadfast in their life's journey as a new creation in Christ Jesus that they would measure carefully what they choose to drink as they pass through this world. What do I mean? Living water only comes from Jesus. Let me repeat that. Living water, the living water of life, only comes from Jesus. And he is the sustenance of our soul. And it, and it is he who provides true abundant living for everything else, no matter how good it appears to be. Whatever we're trying to drink of is not living water. It's contaminated with the strains of death of the world and will eventually bring destruction to our spirit and soul. We might think, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this, but it's not really coming from Jesus. And if it's not really coming from Jesus, then it's going to cause us grief eventually. How long do we have when we're drinking water? We can go about three days. We've got a little bit longer that we can ignore our Lord Jesus and say, well, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm okay. I will be fine. If someone tells you, I'm okay, I'll be, I'll be fine, you already know you need to be praying for them because they're probably not okay. They're probably not just fine. Water. The living water of life. And when we begin to drink that water, it begins to, as we walk in the Lord, he brings it forth and it becomes a wellspring that we can then help others along the way. Amen? Amen. Food. Who in here likes to eat? I'll raise both hands on that. Ah, I like food. Okay. I like hamburgers and I like donuts and I like pie and cookies and spaghetti and uh, oh, I used to like beans beans don't like me anymore so I can't eat those but uh, bread there's an old saying and it's a true saying <clears throat> that that what we are what we eat oh well that's true okay so I'm gonna pull some things out here And you know, there is food that is good for your body and and brings health. And there is food that is bad for your body and doesn't bring health. It brings death. Amen? Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. All right. So if I eat this whole... 
four-pound bag of sugar just for breakfast, is that going to be good for me? No. Is it probably going to make me sick? Yes. Yeah. If I eat too much sugar, suppose I have a candy bar every day. That one's got lots of chocolate in it. I found this one in the freezer. It's not mine. I think it was Nancy's. So it's, uh, I'm not really into chocolate so much. But, uh, but if I eat one of those every day, every day, every day, I could probably end up wearing my pancreas out. And then I would have a diabetic problem. What about if I'm a salt addict? Anybody take their, their uh, use salt on their food and then... Besides me, <laughs> you know, Campbell's chicken noodle soup, put a little salt in it to make it a little stronger, you know. I used to horrify Nancy. She said, what are you doing? I said, well, I want to make sure I can taste the salt. <laughs> I was, then I tease her. I say, I want to get my blood pressure up a little bit. And so uh, we laugh, but, you know, when one is reborn, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover some of this with the food in just a minute. When one is reborn in Jesus' salvation, they become part of Jesus' kingdom and are given a choice to eat at the table of the Lord like we did this morning with communion or at the table of the world where they're trying to find things to make them feel good. We want to be careful about trying to find the things that make us feel good. And I'll come back to salt and sugar in just a moment. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered and said to the individual asking the question, it is written, and the person asking the question at that moment was the devil because he was trying to tempt Jesus. And Jesus told him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is literally coming from Jesus. He's the bread of life. He's also our word, and he is who we should be feeding on. Amen? So, he is the bread of life. He said that himself in John 6, 48. Can Jesus lie? No. Does Jesus always tell the truth? Yes. He said, I'm the bread of life. And when we feed on Jesus, spiritually, we are feeding on the bread of life. You know, those who must change their diet because of salt, sugar, fat, and different things, they could have high blood pressure. Salt will give you high blood pressure, okay? If I'm diabetic, I cannot even think about eating sugar unless I try to take some insulin. I had a, who in here is about five or six years old? Okay. I had a cousin who developed type 1 diabetes at 5 years old. So I had to go in, and he wanted me to see him getting his shots. He thought this was really cool. So he could no longer eat sugar. He had to take, he had to take uh, insulin shots. He played football. He went out for sports. He did all the stuff. They told him he was going to die young. He said, no, I'm not. Very devout Lutheran. And he truly believed in healing. And so... He has, he's like in his mid-60s now and is still doing quite well. But what he did is he was extremely careful not to end up in a bad place. So he wouldn't eat sugar. He never, he never fell for the temptation of eating all the good things that all of us just take for granted. 
he was exceedingly careful because he knew that if he even ate a little tiny bit, it would cause him problems. We had a couple of young men uh, in the church here a few years ago, uh, uh, and one of them, I don't think it was Mike Hollinger, I think it was his brother, had a allergic, he was allergic to peanuts and could not eat that food. And even just a little tiny residue of peanuts inside of something, sometimes on the labels you'll read, uh, this has a residue of peanuts and stuff in it. It would literally stop his breathing and it would choke him off and he couldn't breathe. How long did we say he could go without breathing? One time he was out for about four minutes and they finally got him breathing again. And all he did was just barely eat any kind of that food that he was allergic to. And so he was very, very cautious and careful about what he did. And, and so they have to, anybody that's got problems with, with salt and sugar, which are good things, but because of their body, they have to be very careful for health reasons. They re must remain steadfast. It's the same thing with sin in this world. If we are out there looking around, it's the same thing with our spiritual health and the journey we're taking in the Lord. We're reborn and we're not of this world any longer. And we need to be very cautious about what we look at, what we listen to, and what we begin to take in as being truth. Amen? Because when we take that junk in, it stays in our heart and soul. And we have to have the Lord cleanse us of that. Physically, we have to be very careful about what we eat. If we're a diabetic or high, or high blood pressure or food allergy, spiritually, we need to be especially careful if there's a temptation trying to pull us away from following Jesus. We must be steadfast, careful, and firm in resisting that temptation so that we can remain on the path of righteousness in Jesus and live a life that is abundant in him. Amen? Three things. I'm almost done. Three things. <clears throat> the breath of life living water, and the bread of life. Each day we have to make a choice, and I will, and will I consume these and remain steadfast in the Lord and his abundant kingdom life, or will I fall for the temptations of the world? 2 Thessalonians 3.5 May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Okay, so in your life ahead... That's my ladder. That's not Jacob's ladder. That's my ladder. Okay. So that's a little step ladder. Those of you that are listening on the podcast, I just opened a little step ladder with a couple steps up and a handle so it's safe for me to get up on it. In your life ahead, you can remain steadfast serving the Lord. If we live in the Holy Spirit and he has become the very breath of life in us, if we are drinking the water of life that Jesus only is the one that supplies it, and in his image doing as he did, and we're feeding daily on the living word, the Bible, our spirits will be healthy and strong and our soul secure. Amen? Okay. Paul described this kind of steadfast living as reaching for the prize. Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And that's what we see here. Paul was saying, each day I'm taking a step up and a step up. Should I go up higher? <laughs> Should I go up on this one? I don't think I can balance. <laughs> this one's nice because I can go ahead and lean my knees against it. 
but I step up to a higher realm. Whoa, this view up here is really cool. You know, you can see a lot of stuff up here. Yeah, the air is kind of thin, though. I can't breathe so well. No, I'm just kidding. But he said, I reach for the upward prize. Amen? The prize of the upward call. And that's who we need to be. In prayer, we start reaching higher. In reading the word, we reach higher. When we're communing with the Lord, we reach higher. And it's just like stepping up on a stepladder in which we begin to go up and take a step upward. That's what we're doing when you're seeing that uh, being related in the, in the scripture in 314. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Paul was looking toward heaven. And in 2 Timothy 4.8, we see him relating that. He says, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which I didn't bring a crown in, okay? Which the Lord is the righteous judge will give me on that day. When we arrive in heaven, the Lord will give you a crown of righteousness. Feminine crown for the ladies, masculine crowns for the men. Amen? All right, whatever. And he will give me on that day, and not only to me, Paul says, but also to those who have loved his appearing. You know, each saved Christian is encouraged, regardless of how young or how old they are, to remain steadfast. I'm going to read you a passage, and then I want to show you something. Um, And so those of you that want to get a close-up can. So therefore, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says this. A lot of people puzzle over this. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin that so easily entangle us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, as we see on the wall up there, and despised the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is a painting that my wife got me. And you can come look at it, but it's showing a young man preaching. And as he is, it's showing the cloud of witnesses that we often don't realize who are around us. Angelic hosts, those who have gone before us, every saint that has gone before us, that is in heaven is like a cloud of witnesses. This is why it says when Jesus is coming, when he returns, he's coming on the clouds. He's coming on those clouds of witnesses who are testifying as he is coming, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And so what you see here is as they're speaking, they're not alone. That's why when I came in this morning, and I've been in here by myself before, on a long time ago when we were first starting the congregation, I would show up here alone. I never was alone because the chairs are full of angels and the saints who've gone before us until the chairs begin to fill up with those that I can see physically. Amen? I've never felt like I was alone. And we're really not. When we walk in the Lord, the cloud of witnesses is around us. The angels walk with us. And we are with guardian angels, ministering angels, and those who care about us as God gives them direction. Amen. Like it says in Psalm 91. So you're welcome to come up and look at this afterwards if you want. Um, (laughs) 
So this is what I would say to close. Don't give up. Do not give up. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life, which you were called. And heed Jesus' warnings and words of hope. His words of warning and his words of hope are all in the same verse. John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus said the most profound thing. I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen? I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Don't listen to the devil. I told my daughter yesterday she was struggling because she gets persecuted a lot with spirits. And I, and I said, Christy, tell him to just leave you alone. Be gone in Jesus' name. She said, no, I need, to, I need to. I said, no, you don't. When Jesus told the devil to leave, he said, be gone. You are not serving the Lord. And I said, the devil left. She says, they keep coming back. I said, keep telling them and tell them you're covered in the blood of Jesus. You've got the victory. Amen. You don't have to put up with it. And she just kind of went at peace after that. And I'm not sure exactly what was on her mind, but the rest of the day was a good day. She had the victory. You can have the victory in all things, everything, every day. Amen. Breath of life, living water of life, the bread of life. Consume them today and your life will become abundant. Even more so in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. We're going to have a prayer. Amen. Well, my Lord, I just lift up this day, and Lord, we do want to just breathe the breath of heaven. We want to consume the living water, and we want to eat the bread of life. And Lord, give us an appetite for your presence. Give us an appetite, thirst for your presence. Give us a, a longing to breathe the sweet air of heaven, Lord. And we just look to you. May we be as Paul, declaring, I fought the good fight of faith. I have followed you in everything, in all I do, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good day in the Lord. Amen. <laughs>